Hi, I'm Ricardo Deacon. Hi, I'm Orlu Dinas. Welcome to the Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen, we watch it separately, and then meet to discuss it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This week's film was chosen by Orla. It was. It is Leave No Trace from 2018. The synopsis is, a father and daughter live a perfect but mysterious existence in Forest Park, a beautiful nature reserve near Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Rarely making contact with the world. But when a small mistake tips them off to authorities, they are sent on an increasingly erratic journey in search of a place that they can call their own. Sounds like a musical or some weird surrealist fucking adventure movie. Or Homeward Bound. Yes. (laughs) Ben Foster plays the cat. They're making a remake of Homeward Bound, I think. Yeah. Why? It's fucking fiction. They're making remakes of everything. Oh god, I want to be in that pitch fucking movie. Like, <laughs> even though, like, me. when it comes to remakes, the, I, I, yeah. somebody went to me and went, like, oh, so I can't believe that they remade A Star is Born. And it's like, if there's one movie that you're allowed to remade, <laughs> yeah. it's A Star is Born. That movie should be re- remade every 30 years for a new generation. It's fucking Shakespeare. Yeah, fuck you. So uh, <laughs> the film was directed by uh, Happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day. Uh, we're recording this in yeah. International Women's Day. Yes, when you um, listen, it will not still be International Women's Day, but you know it should be. Every day should be International Week, Women's sorry. Day. <laughs> Every day is um, <laughs> in my universe. Uh, but yeah, rest assured, we did actually record this on International Women's Day. So the the film was directed by Deborah Granick, produced by Anna Harrison, Linda Reisman, and Anne Rossellini. Screenplay by Deborah Granick and Anne Rossellini. All the ladies. Based on my abandonment by Peter Rock. Fuck you, man. Get out (laughs) of here. Get out. Get out. The door is that way. Get out the ditch. It's starring, yeah. (laughs) Get up the ditch. It's starring Ben Foster, Thomas M. McKenzie, Jeff Cober, and Dale Dickey. Music by Dickon Hinchcliffe. Oh, yes. Cinematography by Michael McDonough. Uh, Could you be more uh, <laughs> edited by jane rizzo also could you be any more of a man michael mcdonough oh yeah me <laughs> yeah get out it wasn't such a good movie i think <laughs> we will Dig. not retread old <laughs> so orla why did you pick leave no trace um, I think I mentioned before that we watched this at Christmas. Uh, I think it's when we were uh, talking about uh, you were never really here. Um, and yeah, we we watched that and it was kind of like, it was early enough in the evening that we wanted to put on something else. And I was like, oh, you know, trying to pick something, something that's not too long, something that has a certain kind of a, like tone to it or whatever. And I, you know, I knew that, I, obviously I downloaded, or, you know, legally acquired it. Um <laughs> along with many other legally acquired movies for Christmas. So I knew it was good. I remember whenever it came out and Marker Mode went nuts over it. And um, like various other people as well. And um, and I was like, yeah, okay. I know this is good. I didn't, you know, I had a kind of an idea of what it was about, but you know, you you kind of have an idea of something in your head and then you watch it. And you know, I think this is a film that's sort of like, you know, you think maybe it's one thing and really it's kind of doing about five other things. but yeah, I, I do think like this is a it's a hard thing that she manages to pull off um, as a filmmaker. Like we've talked a lot about like particularly with Fat City and stuff and um, like portraying the down and out like the outcasts of society, but managing to do it with like depth and compassion and, and realism, um, which I, it's, I don't think that's an easy thing to do. And I, I think, you know, we talk about it a lot, but um, it's an it's an interesting, very retreadable theme, I think, when people do it well. And, you know, this is obviously in a modern context. And, you know, it I think she's doing something really interesting. Um, uh, Peter Bradshaw, I was reading this earlier um, in his review, like he, he really liked it, but um, he said that, this is the film that Captain Fantastic should have been, which I think is like fucking, whenever I read that, I was like, that is so spot on. I don't know how I didn't think of Captain Fantastic whenever I was watching it. Um, But like, but they shouldn't have made Captain Fantastic to begin with. Oh God. I remember like someone, I think my parents or something went and saw it and they were like, oh yeah, you don't really enjoy it, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, but like I watched it then and I was like oh god like, like it's I do wish that this movie had Frank Langella though yeah, purely because every, I like saying Frank Langella every, <laughs> yeah, but every movie should have um, Frank Langella in it but uh, you know per- per- preferably whenever he has an actual role that is worthy of him um, yeah what a waste of Vigo as well but yeah like that's, that's it's so showy like riddled with these cliched like non-people the kids like Ugh. like you know and the, the film strangely worships its characters as well particularly Vigo's character which I think is a, like one of the fundamental flaws of that film that it, like you know whereas what Granick is doing here in, in a very like a similar story a similar theme uh, like she's not she's never worshipping her characters like she's she's like respecting them for what they're trying to do and, and, and quietly observing them as they're kind of moving carefully and invisibly through this sort of um this world um, of like you know danger and secrecy, um, yeah. I think like the, the why this is so comparable and, and why this is a much better film, uh, well, considerably better film than fucking Captain Fantastic, um, is how the character Ben is portrayed. Um, like it, he's never portrayed like you know as the hero. He's never, but never either as like this true like you know. Um, negative figure within Tom's life um, but you know his his issues are never shied away from but it's always very clear like the love and like care that he has for his daughter but that he's just you know as a person he's just ill-equipped to fully provide for her as a as a parental figure um, yeah like I think she's 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 creating all this she's working like with a very like she, she has such a like it's a careful and like knowing eye as a filmmaker like she's never never rushing anything or, or overusing any one aspect of, of what she's working with like she's never overusing her actors or overusing her cinematography overusing her soundtrack like it's it's all very like nuanced it's all like looks and like just giving space and time to the development of watching their relationship I think the opening scene is like fucking a really good example of that that the whole thing is given time to breathe before you know the big dramatic um see dramatic it's not even that dramatic it's dramatic within yeah, the, the synopsis film. uh yeah, makes no, it feel yeah. like a different movie i haven't seen the trailer so i don't know if the trailer uh kind of if it was cut in such a way to make it seem a bit more like like the road or something uh, yeah yeah exactly like I, i'm not sure but um I feel that this episode is going to have a lot of Viggo Mortensen <laughs> references for some reason. Viggo. Um, yeah, I, I think as well, like she, she's managing some bird expectations at, at like multiple turns. Um, like particularly in a film that like, has a lot of scenes of like quite a young girl in like, you know, running in through forests and being in like situations that can turn a certain way in a different film. And it never does. I think that it's a real strength of it. Um, I think even like you know the the villains of the you know of this film or or, or like you know the as in the state like they're not real villains they're not Frank Langella like oh, what what has fucking Friday Night Lights done to me that every time that I hear state I just hear state yeah but every time I see fucking what's his name like the coach and anything else I'm like state. Even though he's a really good actor, and he turns up in the even when he turns up in like fucking uh, <laughs> da- uh, game night or yeah. fucking like you know he's just he's so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd be watching Carol and it's like stay. <laughs> yes, literally. I think I was in the cinema on a fucking date because that's a date movie, and I was just like stay. Um, <laughs> yeah, speaking to your like microphone so the FBI can hear you. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, like they're they're not they're not real villains. They're just they're just hardworking like public sector employees who are just like trying to do their jobs and like. And at the end again. of the in the end of the day, is the difference between this and Captain Fantastic that yeah. this movie acknowledges that they are right. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. That like even whenever like in a scene where it's like, oh, you know, you're way ahead of your reading level or whatever, but it's like at the end of the day, like th- there's that's not the only thing that she's missing. Of well, like the- they, they did say, uh, but schooling is not only about learning; yeah, exactly, it's also yeah. about social skills. Yeah, like that's that's the real main thing that 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 she's like both missing but also craving. I think. Um, but yeah, like they're they're just people who are locked within the the set rules and the bureaucracy. But they're never like uncaring. They're never like presented as, 
you know, and I think especially whenever you get into kind of like, you know, care homes, that's not quite where this movie goes, but like people being placed in homes and stuff and how that can go a certain way as well. But um, I think like it's a film that, that says so much about veterans and uh, like, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about um, uh, even in something like um, Born the Fourth of July. A rolling thunder. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, of, of the of the impact on like, you know, people whenever they come back. But I think it's interesting how she's looking at this of like, you know, for for those who've like seen combat and come back and choose you know to completely haven't like served their country to almost like retreat from it to retreat from society retreat from their government to create a whole like a, a new world after having that kind of like um like disaffection or whatever um yeah i think like she has a really it's that you know unsentimental but quite a nuanced view of america um and like you know she's done this before in uh winter's bone which is obviously like a, a, that's a different it's a different film it's a different place but you know, it's like showing how like the isolation and the neglect of like communities and, you know, certain states even and what that does to people and, you know, how it creates like, again, the, the disaffection and like people who go off to war and then come back to like communities that they were from and, and how they deal with that. And yeah, like we talk, we've talked a lot about poverty porn in general, but, you know, recently in relation to Fat City, um, I think that she's had like, a, it's an interesting take on it again, like without without ever resorting to that or even like the idea of like you know, homelessness and I, I just I, I think she handles it really really well um like the performances are so fucking key to this film um like it, it wouldn't work if both the main um characters weren't as well drawn but also as well played as subtly played as they are like I re- really like Ben Foster I think he's absolutely fucking brilliant but uh and like just he's doing his face and like it's such a as a portrayal of like mental illness as well like it's 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 just it's it there's so much care in it but at the same time like you never you're never escaping from the fact that he's a frac you know he's fracturing but it's it's you know he's he's a he's you know he's, he's a damaged person he's never you can see the damage that he could do and you know like he never you know it's just there's a, he's doing an awful lot but i think that um uh does it thomason yeah. Like she is Thomas in the name of one of the kids in the witch. The witch. I think so. Yeah, is one of them called Thomason or the goat's called something or what? No, the the, the goat yeah. is Black Philip. Um <laughs> Black Philip. Uh I think yeah, Thomason or no, it's in something. Yeah, yeah, anyway. But um no, it's the kid in Sleepy Hollow. Oh, Sorry, I... go on. Um <laughs> Go on, Orla. Um yeah. Um like she fucking holds her ground so well, I think, against him, and even like I think all the side um, characters in the side performances are really good as well. Um, it's just like the they're it's it's so unshowy, it's so like pure in a way. Like it 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 lends like their relationship is just because it's incredibly real and and also like understandable. Like their like their intimacy and like how how they read like how they relate to each other and stuff and why they're so important to each other like it you know not just that she needs her dad but that he's also like you know it, it's as a as a like a kind of a tiny family it's 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 so well drawn I think like you become so attached to them that like when they're in danger you know you're right there with them and you're you know of having to like that situation where you don't know if these people are going to help you or they're going to hurt you and yeah like I think it's it's you know it's quite you you come very invested in like their struggle or whatever um but yeah they just there's so many great scenes where it's just them and you know whether like the opening scene where they're just kind of like doing different stuff or you know like making food or uh, you know hunting hunt whatever it is they're doing or like the scene in the tent as well and you have the nightmare yeah like i, I think like the their relationship dynamic is really key to the whole thing like the the ability for them to like illustrate like we you know how and why they're so close but also why the distance is starting to grow between them and like the power struggle that's at play between them is like she becomes like she's growing up she's becoming like a very like 
strong assertive person in the way that he's he's you know, he's like brought her up to be independent and like you know incredibly self-reliant and stuff but in a way like she's also very like emotionally intelligent and, and in a way like that, that, I the line she says to him where she's like you know what's wrong with you is not wrong what's with broken me. with you yeah exactly of like what's broken in you is yeah. not broken in me and like being able to like identify that in both yourself and and you know like your father figure like i, I just it's it's really really interesting and like even whenever they finally do at like at the end when they do split up like it feels like you know it's like fated or that it, you know like this this they could only ever go one way to a certain extent but at the same time like it's so profoundly sad because it's it's such a break from two people that are so close um also ladies um <laughs> lots and lots of ladies um not just you know behind the camera and in the writing and everything but also that like she's such a fucking brilliant female character and it's so rare and i know we've done a lot of like you know teen movies with like you know interesting and like different modern representations of like teenage girls and stuff but i think this is like another level of it that it's particularly that it's like outside it's it's a teenager outside of popular culture like she you know it, it's it's so interesting like it's done with such a nuance of, of this um, is the anti-juno yeah <laughs> don't knock juno i like a bit of juno um yeah, like just like you know her, her awkwardness, but also like the, the like the bravery of her as well of, of like her development as a as a as a person, and it's just it's it's really like watching something like that, like particularly you know because I was a real tomboy as well, like you know with fucking gone out in the woods and built shit and all that stuff, um and you know I remember being that age and like when you're sort of like becoming a teenager and like what that feels like and stuff, and it's just the way she deals with it but it's not she's not a strappy teenager she's not you know she's it's yeah she has a real like emotional grace to her that she portrays so well like it, it's it's unbelievable I, I think she's really good i think she's gonna um i think she's in uh she's been cast in something or she's gonna be in something's coming out or whatever like she seems to kind of be up-and-coming actress which is well, great there... hmm? never mind continue <laughs> um also, uh, just like the fact that this is set in the Pacific Northwest um, and like the cinematography, I think is absolutely wonderful. Uh, I think it's the same same guy, uh, guy who uh, she worked with on Winter's Bone, uh, which is like that's a, it's very it's a very different color palette, obviously. Like there's a very particular look to the Pacific Northwest, I think, which I, honestly, I think the first Twilight movie nails quite well. But uh, <laughs> you will never knock. You will never be allowed to knock the first Twilight movie or indeed any of them. They're all amazing. But um, yeah, it's the lush, it's like it's such an earthy movie and like the, the colors of it. And yeah, it, it, I think it's a, it's beautifully shot. I think that like the opening and the ending in particular, like the, it's all oh, just beautiful, beautiful colors. Yeah, I just, like, when I watched this, I just, I really, really liked it. Like, every, like, you know, all my family were watching as well. And everyone was, like, quite, like, surprised by it, but, like, touched by it. And, you know, it, it's, like, a warming film, but also, like, quite melancholy. And, like, oh, it just, I really liked it. So, uh, Ricardo, what did you think? Uh, when you mentioned to me, uh, way before you picked up for the podcast, that you had done a double bill with, uh, uh, you were never really here uh and you mentioned that they were both really good and then you decided to to pick you were never really here and then back to back pick this movie and consider how looking forward to you were never really here i was very disappointed with that movie Mm. and i was afraid that it was gonna happen the same thing with this movie and as the movie began i felt that it was gonna go the same way as you are never really here but i shouldn't have worried because the movie is really 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 good yeah uh, i would say as far that in the podcast you made me wait for that <laughs> for the the in the podcast list I of heard. your your picks it sits neatly in between zama and ida uh so upper t- echelon kind of movie i'm very happy right now uh and uh i'll get to why it doesn't go over at the top with Ida. i think that Ida is a flawless movie and this has one very very minor misstep okay and uh i'll get to what i feel is the misstep but is like it will sound that i'm more pissed off with it than it is <laughs> but uh let me say that it is just like when you get to that level yeah is what it brought it back because yeah. i was trying to think which one i like more uh, ben Foster, funnily enough, uh, 
I uh, have a long history with with him uh, because I saw him in Freaks and Geeks. Uh, He's he, in Freaks and Geeks. He plays a character called Eli. He's only in two episodes. He's the weird guy. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's Ben Foster. Yeah. And then. Uh, oh, that's so weird. But he, he's so weird and skinny. Yeah, I think he was also. Oh yeah, let me just check here. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. And I remember seeing him in a 1998 TV movie called "I've Been Waiting for You" about like <laughs> witch or whatever. It was like teenage what? kind of about a witch movie. or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I have very vague memory, memories 90s. of the movie. Uh, but the first film that I saw him in was uh, this film called "Get Over It," which is one of those teen comedy slash romantic comedies from the early 2000s oh, no. starring Kirsten Dunst and Mila Kunis <laughs> and uh, it's one of these movies that clearly <laughs> like uh, fresh off of like that 70s show yeah, and yeah. bring it on like, no, like, it, like that 70s show <laughs> is still ongoing it's one of those oh let's test the waters to see if I can be in the big screen oh, yes. uh, and uh, yeah well it's she Jupiter can. ascending <laughs> 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 and uh, <laughs> that is a terrible movie. I love it. Uh, is that the one with what's his name and it going insane? Oh, we, oh uh, what's his name? Uh, Eddie Redmayne. Yes. The, uh, Eddie Redmayne in that movie can only do two things. Eddie Redmayne. He can only scream at the top of his lungs or whisper very small. So he's like, I am very angry at this little person. I am Al Pacino in that life. <laughs> Uh, and uh, this movie get over it is one it it is one of those like absolutely you know it's one of those movies that i feel are try i i can't quite remember if it came out before or after but it feels like the crap version of 10 things i hate about you (laughs) you know like the early 2000s sheen that those movies had you know the it's almost like they fucking yeah, because poured ten, Vaseline yeah, on the camera. Yeah, because Ten Things I Hate About You is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. No, no, no. I love Ten Things uh, uh, I Hate About You. Uh, but uh, Get Over uh, uh, is one of those movies that clearly is written by a 40 year old man <laughs> trying to relitigate his youth. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. If. Uh, if only that girl knew how good I was, how good of a person I would have picked, I would have gotten the hot chick. I would and, have tried. And I'm not, I don't use the, the term the chick. <laughs> I, I don't use the word, term chick as that I use it. Is, is that is that the characters I in those movies are not written it. as women or girls. No. They're written, written as chicks. Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, uh, this kind of reality all the way down to the floor yeah that that kind of reality that only exists inside the mind of a very horny and lonely 40 year old man (laughs) let me see if it was written by a dude but uh probably was uh written by arlie fleming jr is that a a dude (laughs) it is a dude look at his face (laughs) oh my god (laughs) oh he also wrote he also wrote she's all that so (laughs) It's not all bad. <laughs> and he was a showrunner in One Tree Hill. <laughs> what a career. Oh what a career. What a career. A show renowned for its strong female characters. Uh, and uh, and Ben Foster is in that movie. And he, and he plays the supposed dweeb. You know, like in those movies, you get the, the weak man with low testosterone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> The, like he he shouldn't be able to get the girl but he gets because he's good and he deserves it because just being a good guy it deserves it baby uh, like fucking offspring soundtrack wall to wall needle drops um but going back to Ben Foster, the yes, uh, that Ben Foster then went on to star uh, co-star with Bruce Willis <laughs> and the hostage playing the the villain like who's meant to be this psychopath badass and is this, soon uh, is this bald era Bruce Willis? yeah yeah like this is the 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 beginning of the bald era when he dropped the toupee uh, for the no pay. Embra- <laughs> the ball yeah, yeah like uh, put vaseline on that sheen of yours uh yeah 
they, they have somebody like probably in the credits just being like ma- special makeup artist stop. not to make his bald shine stop talking about putting Vaseline uh, on things and uh, okay baby oil uh, and and Ben Foster somehow pulls it off uh, the movie is terrible amazingly terrible but terrible the plot is very similar to fucking uh, to the, the the purge that is that like home invasion kind of thing yeah. but there's even a scene that Ben Foster is like shirtless walking down a corridor that is on fire <laughs> lighting two Molotov cocktails off the walls in slow motion obviously, obviously. and um, uh, and then uh, he for a little while turned into the go-to guy to play the psychopath yeah. that he's even like the psychopath 310 to Yuma and yeah. lots of other things and I, I think it was The Messenger in 2008 or 2006, can't remember, which was one of those films that came out. It was like the first wave of uh, Iraq War veteran coming mm. home films. And it's with Woody Harrelson that they go on. Uh, they're, so- both, uh, they're both uh, uh, Iraq War veterans whose job is to go on road trips together <laughs> to uh, give... Uh, uh, the note, uh, yes. In the what's the the name of the fucking TV show again? Oh, uh, uh, it kills me that they're hunting Bonnie and Clyde. That's <laughs> no, I was like. I think that's incidental, though. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go on. Uh, ben Foster and uh, has to give the messages to the families of the deceased. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the people that uh, died in Iraq, and it's the kind of like uh uh, Woody Harrelson has been doing this job for a while, blah blah mm. blah blah blah. blah. But it's a if well intentional, not amazing film, but it's one of those movies that the performances carry it over the top kind of thing. That, yeah. Uh, the uh, and then like obviously when the, this movie started, I always knew that he'd be good in it, but I was a little bit worried there'd be the type of movie that it uh, goes somewhere that he'd get in a fight in a bar you know mm, like the, yeah. he'd let go and the movie is much better than that and I think that it compares so so well compared to uh, I, I was never really here when it comes to the mm. dealing of and also portraying both the people having their own particular traumas because yeah. uh, growing up the way the, uh, the Tom character does is uh, not not necessarily traumatic because it is a good life mm. but it is something that uh, will give her if she doesn't leave as she does in the end of the movie it would have given her a complete disadvantage to yeah. where the movie is going uh, funnily enough I was watching the movie and for most of it uh, th- there was something that was uh, in my crawl you know, like, wh- what is this similar to and it's a better version of Into the Wild and it's yes. not only the the, the 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 imagery because obviously a lot of into the wall happens in the Pacific yeah, Northwest, but uh, the the moment that hit me was when uh, uh, she's being shown the beehives and it's these little asides on road trip of like nice people trying mm. to help out, and then you have almost one for one scenes in other places like the. The truck driver that is like pulls her aside first. Yeah. And, uh, are, and, you okay? Okay, are you yeah. okay? Are you okay? And they like... have like such a nice little moment that he's just talking about uh, life on the road or whatever, and then yeah. they, they he lets them off, and it's like, oh, be dry, you know, like being like, like should, super nice. It should be so fucking cliche. Yeah, like, but it's not. And you have uh, as well like the like the other thing that reminded me a lot was uh, when. He's doing the test and he f- is failing the test and the guy comes in to help him. And it's mm. like, I uh, I really want you to succeed. Reminding me of, even though like in context is completely different, mm. but the scene with uh, uh, Alexander Super yeah. Trump, uh, Christopher McCandless, that he's in Burger King and they ask him to wear <laughs> socks. And it's like, we're really trying to help you to get to Alaska. You, just, you, but need, you wear need to wear socks. socks. And yeah. I think that the movie shares that kind of love for its characters. Yeah. And also this kind of realism that even though it, it feels that the people are in that in the world. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a movie or a screenplay. And the, the best moments of Into the Wild is when that yeah. happens. Uh, also, like, ironically, is another link to uh, Into the Wild is that in Viggo Morton as well, that both this movie feels at times... Mm. Uh, because of the way it deals with its character, but also its uh, its characters, but also plot wise, if it can be said 
of plot. Yeah. It reminds me of the uh, songs that Bruce Springsteen have has written about veterans of the Vietnam War. Yeah. Oh, yes. And there's a lot of them kind of thing, even like road trips and stuff like there's about like lightning that the guy chasing like robbing banks and stuff. And also the subtlety in a way mm. that goes in. But it's another link because uh, another movie that deals with uh, a veteran kind of in sort of way, even though it's a, a much more flawed movie than this, is a Sean Penn's directorial debut, which is uh, called The Indian Runner. Oh, never that seen is that. Uh, with uh, David Morse, uh, Charles Bronson, and Viggo Mortensen, oh. and it is in itself based on a Bruce Springsteen song called <laughs> uh, "Highway Patrolman." Yeah. So it is. Everyman. So it uh, it kind of like neatly dovetails like one reference to the other kind of thing. Yeah. But I think this is a much more. It, it succeeds in doing what that movie was trying to do. Yeah. Uh, of portraying the the characters and stuff, uh, I did uh, also find that like always uh, have love for the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I see those trees, I just fucking think of Cal McLaughlin <laughs> talking to a tape, going, "Diane, the trees here are amazing," or whatever. Like at the very beginning of Twin when Peaks, he's driving into yeah. Twin Peaks, yeah. And also uh, th- when uh, fucking David Lynch is trying to, who is playing like the somebody with like a hearing impaired, who's hearing impaired, trying to tell him that he's going to Oregon. And he's Oregon. like, Don Coop, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And every time that they say Oregon in this movie, I'm like, it clicks. Oregon. <laughs> but uh, the other thing, like this movie, uh, it managed to do something that I I, I never felt that it, it could, that a film could possibly do. And it is not the fault of the movie. It's mainly the imbalance in my psyche i think <laughs> that uh I, during the going? the goodbye scene i was both crying like weeping and laughing manically laughing like at the top of my lungs i'm not sure why we needed to have that image but okay why why like i was weeping because it's obviously like a very touching moment in the yes. the film or whatever but i was laughing because i just kept thinking of the scene in white fang when ethan hawk <laughs> like because there's like hunters coming that they discover his dog that his dog like the white fang which is like half uh, Siberian Husky half wolf, like the uh, Hui Fang attacks somebody, so they're coming no. to, so they're coming to kill Hui Fang. Yeah. So he has to like uh, force Hui Fang to go away. So they're like in the woods, and go, he's like, go. "Go, I don't even love you anymore." And like this, like in my head, that scene was playing at the same time, and I thought that it would have been so, like. Then my head started going like, "It'd be hilarious if the whole movie was just set up." For a joke that they start playing the the scene literally like white oh fang. The 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 movie at the end as well. I really loved the 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 whole commune. Not it's a commune. It's like where they yeah, live like the the commu- camp, community. The, yeah. the community that they have. Uh, again, is what I would say. How uh, all these characters are depicted so lovingly, even though they probably voted for Trump. Uh, uh, yeah, but you know that. Yeah. There's plenty of uh, American flags up and about. And uh, it it reminded me of Boyhood again. And Ethan Hawke, I think that this movie kind of like just yeah. layered because in Boyhood it has that moment that he goes to visit his grandparents. Yeah, and they're like any other movie, they'd be I like completely rednecks, but they're like yeah. super religious, whatever. But like yeah. they're the nicest people that uh, that ever lived, kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that is that kind of. Uh, idea for movies and how they're uh, treating characters and stuff that I always found interesting. Uh, the nitpick that I'll have uh, <laughs> of the movie, which again is very yeah, minor. I'm, I'm very, very curious now. That is very minor, but it was one of the moments um, that, you know uh, me, that I said this, this is not the first time that I've said this, uh, <laughs> but in this case, it was like so light again it'll sound worse because i complained about it way more in other movies yeah perhaps even in your never really here is that the movie doesn't feel like a movie yeah until one moment it does which is when 
the woman says, oh, yeah, I packed this thing to take to a guy that lives in the woods and I never yeah. see him. And then she puts it in the tree and then I, like my head went, that's how the movie is going to end. Yeah. It's going to end with it. And it kind of beat like it told me how the movie was going to end. Yeah. Because if you've seen enough movies, you catch that it's a little yeah. bit not subtle enough. And I think, again, it's a very, very minor nitpick. Yeah. No, and, I do agree with you, actually. Yeah. And it, But like, even in the way of leaving, it's kind of like when if, when he's leaving, whatever, and you don't have even that kind of fairy tale kind of ending. It should have just ended with him leaving, not yeah. putting or her maybe uh, already settling in in that community mm. and with the dog or something yeah. and being there again with into the wild when they're playing music it just yeah. feels like very yeah. into the wildish but in a very good way it's You're almost like they want to rewatch that film yeah. actually in direct comparison with yeah. this like that they yeah I, I think it would have been a very interesting for uh, the next picture show yes. uh, when this movie came out actually, for the two movies yes. to have been inside because it's also about nature and stuff yeah uh, and I think it was a, a, a like a very interesting like thing to it's like in funny. my head like, I, I didn't think of that at all but now that you said it it's, it's so on point like and uh, like uh, again uh, with the comparisons of uh, Winter's Bone it's a film that I really like Winter's Bone but it's it's a kind of movie that it's carried over the top by the performances yeah it's like anything with John Hawks is yeah. gonna be good <sighs> But uh, like I even like the the movie that he oh the movie with uh, Holly uh, not Holly Hunter what's the the other one uh, Helen Hunt yeah or was it Holly that he's like disabled and there oh god yeah, yeah, the, yeah. it's uh, that's like Oscar Beatty oh uh, uh, didn't get there in the end yeah but <laughs> <laughs> near enough I think he was nominated was it yeah oh, yeah fuck. It's, it's like one of those I Jeez. am Sam kind of oh, moments god. again soundtrack of I am Sam is Eddie Vedder <laughs> I don't know this is like a little fucking yeah, Russian doll kind so, of thing this is so funny like I literally saw Eddie Vedder like tribute fucking Pear Jam thing in the last week so I'm having a very like very circular moment yeah, right yeah, now like, like this uh, is I was watching this movie thinking uh, that, like for a lot of it like even watching it, I think it is that it portrays Portland and the era of the Pacific Northwest with a certain beauty, but also showing like the how like how horrible the industrialization of that era is because yeah. it's massive the the like the logging camps and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like uh, I I did really enjoy it. I think it, it it sits quite well in our like strangely enough kind of series of films about. Uh, veterans and yeah. people that have been left behind i think it is uh, i always felt like that is an interesting topic as well because it is not only the way that um actually uh reminds me that not next pick my next pick because otherwise it'd be like too many yeah veteran things but the <laughs> too one many after, vets the one too many veterinarians uh, the 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 one that i'll pick afterwards it is about uh, war veterans as well mm. because I think it'd be like the right moment to 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 pick it within the 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 balance of these films. Yeah. Um, but I feel like um, it's like for so much of the film, I was sitting there not realizing. Like so many times, even with films that I enjoy, uh, when we're watching for the podcast, like my brain is working, making connections or whatever, trying mm. to like make even like a narrative in my brain about how I feel about the movie subconsciously because I want to be taken away by the movie mm. but obviously it takes very special movies to like grab you and not let you go for the entire uh, duration yeah and I think that this is one of the 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 films that does does it very very well and I, ah geez like I, I and I cried about four times watching this mm. movie and when I think, so at the end I cried when he uh, is not able to complete the test. Yeah. Oh, uh, fuck, that scene is like, so... Because yeah. it's just on his face. It's, it's so like, simple. Uh, it's like, it, it's a, such a simple scene, but it's fucking... I, I cried when the doc, the, the medic is talking about the, the dog. And it's not only that, it's like the... It's still ongoing. He's not fixed. So he's yeah. lending... Like, it's such a big thing that he's lending the dog... And he's going to have nightmares that night. Yeah. And the dog is not going to be there. And he's willing to suffer that. Yeah. To uh, to Help. go through it. 
and uh, very strangely but very strangely because i don't even feel that the movie was like maybe i was feeling kind of weird that much but when the scene with the rabbits yeah like because it's somehow it's like it, it's so perfect because it shows the the part of the life that she's missing without hitting it in the in the mm. head. You know, it would have been so like I was yeah, so afraid not... that the movie when they move into the 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 logging camp or whatever yeah. that she would go to school and then yeah. they have the argument and she has to go to fucking prom. Yeah, and he's yeah like what exactly. are you doing? It's not. It's like it's they're because of where they they are. They're still kind of within a certain area and like. Like, these are people that, like, you know, they work with animals. They, you know, it's it's like, it's the strangely the perfect introduction for her because it doesn't, it doesn't lead to, like, these, even whenever they're having their, like, kind of tetchy scenes where she's like, maybe we should just, you know, attempt to fit in. You know, like, even those arguments, they're not really arguments. They're, like, sort of tense little, like, you know, back and forth. But, yeah, it, it feels... And, sorry, just because yeah. we're, uh, we just popped in my head, the other little, like, this is how nitpicky I had to be. <laughs> Uh, to find had to be, had to be. Uh, no like to because I was kind of seeing if it had gone over either I wouldn't like even for the podcast like the the bit with the uh, the story wise it actually jumped at me kind of thing yeah uh, but again very like not as offending as other movies because I felt that even though it was a movie moment it's a movie moment that works yeah it's just because yeah, that, that, it, yeah, it is a movie moment that that's the, the a rest. fair like to, to decipher between those two things but uh, the other moment that is like a, just a moment that lost it slightly it's subtlety that it's like again super nitpicky mm. is when the uh, helicopter is coming in and he's having like a minor panic attack mm. i think the same information could have been uh, placed more with uh, because he seems to be able to uh, play the character that everything is okay yeah like even with other people it unless seems, you're talking it seems a little out of character somewhat uh, i think yeah. the, the the same information could have uh, been uh, passed with somebody talking at him but he you just hear the helicopter in the background yeah and just replace the the sound of the helicopter with the sound of a military helicopter yeah. and i think that it, it would it's, get you inside the head and yeah, realize that he's so having dark. a flashback there yeah i think that and I, I think it would have been again because the the rest of the movie is so powerful yeah the moments that are incredibly powerful like the entire movie the best way to describe it for me the entire movie felt like the scene in uh 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 before sunset when uh, julie delpy does not touch him in the taxi And like again, Ethan Hawke. Oh my god, it's like oh my god. we are like literally. This movie is everything. <laughs> yeah, so like it's a movie that it's weird as well. Uh, sorry for interrupting again. Then we'll go back to uh, the thing. Yeah, that 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 is perfection. What you just said there, like I a hundred percent know what you mean as well because that is one of the most like emotionally wrenching scenes in yeah. cinema. and it's, and it's so also simple. so like it was so simple. Hmm? <laughs> it was. So simple. What did it were so simple? Uh, but uh, <laughs> trippingly, <laughs> say trippingly. Twitter oh. so simple, trippingly. Shut up, all the work. But also that this movie is, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that it is so obviously taken from other movies mm. that literally my brain, as soon as the movie ended, just made the collage <laughs> yeah, yeah. of moments. But I never felt while watching it, and it works because. It makes you feel comfortable. Yeah. I think if the movie was more quote unquote original, yeah, it would make you go like, oh, let's say the difference between this and you were never really here. Yeah, is because it's such a movie you were never really here. Yeah, you never feel like to let go of yourself to watch yeah, it. Yeah, you're aware a lot of what it is. But this because you never like everything is so well executed but yeah. familiar at the same time that it's almost like you. Especially because the point of view character is the Tom character. And yeah. for her, it is normal. Yeah. So it, it is such a genius and artistic way of making an original, unoriginal movie. Yeah. That there's so few and far between that are... Because we've talked about other... like Especially with like romantic comedies and horror. 
that I have no problem with movies that really wear their influences oh, no. in their you, in their sleeves. When you do it well, when you do genre well, yeah. in a way, this is in itself a kind of a genre. Yeah. It's encompassing so many of different like elements of like, you know, you brought in Linklater there, definitely like the whole, like the Into the Wild. Like there's... But at the same time, when I was watching it, it was like none of yeah. it popped it just glazed yeah not glazed but it just it washed over you yeah in a weird comfort blanket yeah yeah this... and uh, I'm kind of disgusted that there was no uh, not even like fuck the Oscars but mm. like the Indie Spirits Awards and all those things that yeah, like uh, it just... wasn't as like you mm. know out there because I can't remember a film from 2018 that I liked as much as this. Yeah. And and it's impossible to under uh undersell the performances. Yeah. Like yeah. they're they're amazing. It, so many little moments. Like yeah. and even the mo- the way that she chooses to direct, like the one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie is when she picks the, the necklace off the ground. Yeah. And says, Can I keep it when I come back? And then he she throws us in the underbush. Yeah. And then he goes, no, it has to be in plain sight. And as he leaves, she just yeah, like tucks it, it in a little yeah. bit to try it. Uh, and it's it's like somebody wrote that. I know. You know, like it, it's. Yeah, they sat down and they wrote that. Like, yeah, it 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 feels so unwritten. But at the same time, it's so well crafted. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. So Even good. the bit in the in the the how when he falls over and hurts himself it could have been like, you're just waiting for the soundtrack to just like go yeah. into overdrive yeah. and uh, you know turn into some kind of I don't know like the, the other movie that, like the Pacific Northwest because it has like it's a weird thing because the Pacific Northwest has a very particular look yes, yes? and I think that it, because it is not used all the time, yeah, is that somehow all those images kind of just melting? Yeah. Because I remember <laughs> fucking watching like War of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yes. And it's like the 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 part of like again because it's war and stuff yeah. like that, living off the land and uh, conflict so and stuff like, like that, society yeah. and. Even though, like, this is better War of the Planet of the Apes, even though, like, War of the Planet of the Apes is far better than it deserves to be. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Not, of, like, no, it's of, Dawn of the Planet of the, the Apes. War was the you, last one. Which one are you talking the about? The second one. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's Rise, Dawn, and then War. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's so funny. Like, I was thinking about that earlier of, of like, this. It's such a, like, it's such a specific landscape that's... Yeah, it's the kind of landscape as well that I feel quite close to because it's not a million miles away from here and the rain and the cold and everything. And yeah, like the wildness of it. And yeah, it's just, oh, it's just, I'm really glad that you like it. <laughs> yeah, like I felt, uh, it was fucking freezing when they <laughs> go into the, that oh, forest. God, and that uh... scene, like you really, really feel the cold. You really, like she is fucking brilliant. And you see in his face as well, so understated that he's actually panicking because yeah. he can tell that she's going into shock. Yeah. Um, that things have gone too, yeah. they, they've just slid too far, but it's that he's still maintaining that like, you know, Rick, oh, it's 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 such an interesting like even of like masculinity as well and of like a man of like that certain age and yeah it's 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 fantastic and also it's a movie that we mentioned so many times about how we like people doing stuff watching yes. people like processes yes. like every time that they are building lighting a fire fires, and I'm yes. like they're lighting a fire that's yeah. the best like the best thing about Ray Mears episodes is yeah. when he just like he shows you a whole new way how to make a fire and it might take ten minutes it might take half an hour but he just sits and he does it. And I, I, love I love even when they're like, uh, like uh, whittling the wood, and yeah. it's kind of like beautiful, like the little waves in the yeah. wood and stuff. Like, uh, it, it is a particularly. It's again like looking back on it, it's like it is a gorgeous movie, mm. but at the same time, it is a, a gorgeous movie that does the shots don't call attention to itself. Yeah, yeah. When you look back on it, you're like, oh wow, that was like really nice framing. Mm. Like even when the hill that they choose to hide in, yeah, that is the when they're like doing their drills, and then and this is not a drill kind mm. of situation. It's very subtle. Uh, what's your favorite thing, Orla? Their performances, I think. Like, I mean, <sighs> the same time it's hard because, like, the, like, it's her direction of them. But then there's yeah, it's it's a whole combination of things. But I just, 
I was so blown away and the second time I was even more blown away by how great the pair of them are and how great all the characters around them are and like it was just yeah like really it's just when watching people that are so like natural and good at their craft it's it's always so enjoyable and you end up so attached to characters it was like really good Again, like uh, uh, I mentioned, you were never really here, but just because you mentioned it as a double bill and stuff mm. like that, I'm linking them as much. Is that this movie? There, like the entire movie is memorable to me. Yeah. That I mentioned where you're never really here. Like some things weren't like um, didn't stay. Like I had to really think about it when yeah. approaching the podcast. And I think like even when we're talking about breakdowns and stuff like the. There's not one scene that like really loses it. Yeah, he's just like about to lose it, and I think that and we every, were talking moment. once in a shoot about that kind of like almost crying. Yeah, that is that you're waiting for that release and it doesn't come. It's like tease crying. I think we called it. The, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> but I think that fantastic phrase. The Ben Foster really like encapsulates in this movie that, mm. but it's like the tease breaking down the. That is like a phrase that can be coined in the English language. The, it is now. Like he's just about to at all times. Yeah. Like a spring that has been kind of compressed and is about to go, but you never know. And th- th- I think without that, there would be uh, no, like you would hate his character for wanting to leave yeah. always when yeah. it's such idyllic situation. That's why I loved as well about this movie, how the situations that they're put in that in the screenplay is like uh in the synopsis is like oh as they're yeah. forced to do no, that's it's a like bad synopsis. each place that they're like you couldn't get two fucking social workers more amenable nice yeah correct and also helping and uh loving and trying to yeah. to to do everything. I think like the it's so subtle the thing of the bicycle as well that yeah. it really encapsulates oh, yeah. the yeah. Uh, the living and whatever. And even when she comes home late, yeah, do you go even though they're having that moment, you go like she doesn't have that yeah. that teenage kind of experience yeah, of like, like trying rebellion. to sneak in yeah. or, or so. Yeah, like I think that my favorite thing in the movie, even though I loved everything pretty much is the the script because mm-hmm. i think that like the old adage of like um screenplays that um that you can't make a good movie out of a bad screenplay but you can make a bad movie out of a good screenplay yeah but this one it's so well calibrated that it when they were writing the script they gave the room for the actors to act yeah because you can, it's so well structured the movie that you, it's impossible that it, like if they say that it was improvised, mm. I I would call bullshit on it. Yeah, no, and no, 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 like no, no, It's, it's no. too uh, <clears throat> yeah. perfect for yeah. where it goes. In the way of like before sunrise, before sunset yeah. as well. That like they're really scripted. Yeah, like every moment of that, but it, it's the way perfectly scripted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the creation of like dialogue and and like how people are within a space with each other and, and it's that thing as well that uh, people equate sometimes realism with something being good but if you watch like uh, films that are uh, uh, what's uh, fucking anti-narrative movies or like even mumblecore or stuff like yeah. that that those movies even though they're recording something supposedly more real than it feels more artificial it than feels this. in a way more artificial and also like it's too distracting in a way because you're not depicting real life yeah. You're compressing time. Like as soon as you cut something, it, it no longer is reality. Yeah. Uh, and even if you compress the scene, as soon as you have somebody yeah, watching, it's no you... longer reality. So, as soon as you have an actor, is no longer reality. Yeah. So I think that it becomes construction. But that's the genius of having that uh, thread, that fine line that is an incredibly constructed film, incredibly well scripted because they don't talk like real people. Yeah. As in, they, they talk like real people, but like real people that are like real characters in movies. Yeah. Like you wouldn't like ears drop into that conversation no. because they're always on point <laughs> about yeah, thematic that doesn't and stuff mean that it's not that is not rude. amazing yeah and i think that it is that how well because obviously uh, screenplay is not just the dialogue is also the structure of the the, the entire endeavor mm. and i think that the structure of this movie is so well calibrated in the way of like 
what flows into what moment and in which is you know the, yeah. that this leads to this leads to, it's a very in a way ba- like i was thinking about it that it'd be it never will be in fucking screenplay colleges because no. it's not flashy enough and yeah, also yeah. like yeah because like screenplay fucking screenplay lecturers tend to either go for the really overwritten shit yes or for the shit that is like look at me how fucking avant-garde i am <laughs> you're you're it's about them it's yeah. not really about writing and but this is what people should be taught in film mm-hmm. colleges you go in and it's like yeah you is that the the genius of screenwriting is when you go from you have for fucking g to happen so you need a b c d e f to get to g yeah and you have to make all those things make sense, but also hide. Yeah. That's it's almost hide like that you're going from. Yeah. Step it's to almost step. like yeah. a magic trick. Yeah. That you're kind of like. Sleight of hand. Yeah. That's why I love The Prestige. Again, <laughs> the, that it's a movie that works as a magic trick. Yeah. And you forget that you're watching a magic trick and it fools you in the end. Like it literally feels like when they pulled the rabbit out of the hat. And I think movies like this does that. That like the movie yeah. ends and I'm like. I saw magic trick, <laughs> you know, because you can't possibly like you you hope to do what she does in this movie, but you know that you can't possibly know if you'll succeed until, yeah. like, you never know because all the other people can tell you you succeed <laughs> yeah. because in your head you know like all the bad shit that you cut out already, yeah. you know, kind of the bad decisions that never made it to like to like the scenes that don't make it to the deleted scenes on the dvd you yes, know what i mean exactly and uh, uh we have to get to yeah these sorry i was just raving about the movie <laughs> no, i know no, that's okay but uh what was your least favorite thing i think that the like it is the the two moments that i mentioned before mm. like uh, i and again and again it, it, it would like both are so nitpicky uh the 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 one of the helicopter one is because i actually expected that to happen mm. right before so when it happened right after i already got the yeah. message kind of thing i just thought that it was an extra beat but it like you know that a movie is fucking good when it's like there was an extra beat in the scene <laughs> uh and the the bit of uh beat too far i think the uh the, the bit with the like it was just a moment that like it nearly took me out of the movie, but the movie's so good yeah. that it goes yeah. it, and also it's so well executed within it. Is that we've mentioned before that it's so like even films that I picked uh, sometimes uh, and again, I don't have a problem if a movie is like purely film. Like you watch like Mission Impossible yeah, Ghost yeah, Protocol yeah, 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 yeah. and I within, enjoy it as within, much as this. Yeah. But it is like what it is. You're not expect like I'd be more freaked out that if in fucking Mission Impossible Rogue Nation there's a scene of like heart like in this movie. <laughs> you know Nation. what I mean? Like that yeah. would be so out of place. Yeah. It's the same problem. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, in this is kinda like a movie. Because it's done the job so well yeah, yeah. that you forget that you're watching it. No, I agree. Like that. Uh, like that but it, it's, it's so minor. Like it's yeah. so, and as well, it's so it's so neat that it like it, it took me a while to go like did I like it or I didn't like it. You know what I mean? That it's <laughs> yeah. kind of that it's it's like it's almost poetic and beautiful. But the rest of the movie is not that. Yeah. So it's kind of that it's like and it already earned the cheesy ending. Yeah. You know, like the the white fang ending. <laughs> Uh, even though it's not like I'm not oh, it's not saccharine it's not whatever no but, like, but even, as, even as you describe it it's not saccharine but it's not like it's 100% not but it is the good version of the white bag scene and I think that it's like a movie that is able to pull that off yes alright okay that's loud so yes uh, uh, Ola, what's your least favorite thing it's a bag thing, I think. Even as you were saying it, I was like, "Yeah, no, you're right." Like, and it, it just, it's just a little, it's a little bit when you're like, "Oh," and it goes on just a little bit too long, and you're like, "Oh." It's like, look but, at us. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like it is, it's so small that it's, yeah, yeah but, and as well, like it's so well executed because yeah. the performances are great yeah. and stuff, and it also has that little moment that she does the tut tut like cute <laughs> fucking kissing sound, whatever the fuck they're doing, like while she's walking away. <laughs> Well, like, really, really glad that you liked it. Um, it is. It's really special, and like, I know that it did make its way onto a good few people's um 
best of and that was one of the reasons why I, I put it I wanted to watch it at the end of the year because I was like yep it kind of summed up a lot of the, the good things in that year as well it was good um, just the a movie, movie that leaves its trace in uh, uh, on, on your psyche, heart yes <laughs> Ricardo work with uh, they can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter, at The Right Game. Uh, our episodes can be found on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud and in iTunes and rate and stuff and do stuff like that. Uh, you can also support Irish Independent Radio on Dublin Digital Radio and I, uh, in the Patreon for Dublin Digital Radio. And also hope that you guys got on the uh, Women's Voices. Yes, they had uh, some fucking amazing stuff. It was all day. It was absolutely amazing. So, uh, and... Next yes, next week. Next uh, week's film is Ricardo's pick. Uh, I'm going to fucking film blow Hollywood. Harrison Ford's yes. daring movie. Yes. Uh, and we're gonna watch Witness. So, oh yeah, like uh, with uh, Lucas has the the forgotten member of the Pussy Patrol. I think that got cut out of the last episode, so that's got no context. Uh, cool. Uh, well, until then. <laughs> I was Orla Marie. I was Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>